Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. So glad you've chosen to join us. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions today. Give us a call, 303 is the number, and of course, uh, as... Uh, the show goes on, the, the lines begin to, to fill up, so now is a great time to call. Uh, if you are in a position where you can text, we also take text questions, but uh, we only take them to fill time. So we're going to use the phone lines as our primary way of filling the show, um, but if you, if you uh, call in, uh, we'll have you on the air. If you text, we'll fill up the airtime while we're waiting for phone calls. So the text number is exclusive. It's 720-336-0897, 720-336-0897, and that's for texting only, taking your calls and your questions. And we have a special guest in studio today. Pastor Cody King is with us. Cody, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Glad to have you. We've got two pastors that we can uh, pray with you, talk with you. Pastor Cody, uh, he pastors Redemption Calvary up in Commerce City, Colorado. Uh, He moved out in 2014 to begin the work there, and God has been blessing. You guys just added a second service. Yeah, we've added a uh, second service and moved our services, so we're doing 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Good. How's that going? It's going really, really well. Um, We've uh, started to add some more space, and uh, God's already starting to grow the church even more so through that, so we're able to reach more people. <clears throat> so tell us a little bit about the church and, um, and, and take this time to invite people and just kind of catch people up, let people that don't know about redemption. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, like you said, we moved out in 2014. We uh, came from Southern California uh, and uh, were able to start a home Bible study in, mm-hmm. in our living room. And um, that's kind of a crazy one when you start a home Bible study and you've moved a thousand miles away and yes. try to figure out who, who in the world is going to come to this thing. And uh, God just started adding people slowly, steadily. Um, and uh, so we've just been uh, faithfully serving our community, loving our community. And really the big thing that we feel like God has given us to do is to be um, uh, given over to the clear preaching and teaching of the word. Really, there's no grand scheme or, you know, I'm not a guy who's got a lot of different uh, tricks up my sleeve or marketing ideas. Mm-hmm. We're just going to open the Bible and go through it. Um, yeah. So uh, we've been doing that faithfully. And uh, right now we're studying the book of Daniel. Uh, we're in Daniel chapter nine uh, this Sunday. Yeah. And uh, that's just, a great chapter of the Bible. Yeah. We're excited about it. How many weeks are you going to take to do chapter nine? I'm going to try to. Okay. We'll see if we can do it. Good. Yeah. And so Sunday mornings, nine and 11, nine where, 11. Is, where is Redemption Calvary? So we're off of 104th Avenue, about a mile uh, east of Highway 2. Okay. Is that in the, is that a development, what's the name of the development up there? Reunion. Reunion, is it yeah. in that development? It's in that development, okay. yeah. There's a little shopping center that we are 
in uh, renting some space there. And so how can people find information and give you a call? How, how do they connect with you? Yeah, the easiest way would be our website, redemptioncalvary.org uh, is the easiest place to find that information. Um, and you can connect with us there. We got uh, email address, phone numbers. Uh, you can get some um, uh, different uh, directions, that kind of stuff. Or you could look us up on Google. Uh, you know, if you open your Google Maps app and just type in Redemption Calvary, we'll pop up. Right on. Well, let's go right to the phone lines. George is calling from Evans, Colorado. George, welcome to the program. Thank you, Pastor Ed. Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, I was listening to Pastor yesterday. He had a caller talking about uh, Mother God or something. Okay. And um, he said the, the people are really aggressive and and what they're trying to do is they turn the Lord's Prayer around where it says, um, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. They say, well, since on earth there's male and female, then in heaven there must be. And they turn that around. They want they want it to be done in heaven as it is on earth instead of on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah, they're, they're, a, they're a really aggressive group. I, w- I wasn't listening to the show yesterday, but if... Uh, if the person was referring to the World Mission Society Church of God, uh, with I can't remember the um, I can't remember the 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 leaders' names right now, um, right? But they 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 really like you see them actually, and if you ever want to engage in a conversation, I remember uh, going up to one guy. He had his laptop open, teaching like three people at a Starbucks. And I said, hey, man, what are you teaching? And, and tried to disrupt, I, I, and purposely, I, I did try to disrupt the false teaching uh, with true Bible teaching, uh, and hopefully right. I, I planted some seeds. But they're pretty aggressive. They like to hang out yeah. in Walmart and Target, uh, and, and they, yes, they, try exactly. to, they approach you when you're shopping, and, and just you know, friendly, uh, very nice, uh, but absolutely stay away. 100 yes. percent from these guys they also I, like using galatians chapter 4 uh and and even some references in the old testament to queen of heaven uh right. in yeah. jeremiah but they're they're absolutely false they're 100 percent twisting uh yes. biblical teaching you're right they're yes, flipping they are. they're turning it around reject it 100 percent. amen that's right and i'd like some uh prayer requests please pastor for okay. my family and my marriage. Okay. Well, let's do that right now. Okay, thank you. Father, we ask for your Holy Spirit to be in the midst of this family crisis, this family, well, this family, I should say, uh, just knowing that what's on my brother George's heart, uh, that, that your word says that we pray according to your will, you hear us, and you answer according to your will. And so we just want to lay before you George's marriage and his family, and George in particular, Lord, as the leader, as the one that you've ordained to be the spiritual leader in his home, that you would empower him and strengthen him, uh, that you would help him, uh, and that you would pour out an abundance of love, mercy, and grace into his life and into his family. In Jesus' oh, yes. name, amen. Thank, amen and amen. Thank you, Pastor. Okay, George. Have a good day. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Jennifer in Greeley, Colorado. Jennifer, welcome to the program. Hi. Um, thank you, first of all, for taking my call. And um, I just wanted to know if you guys had some advice on um, where I could go uh, with a Bible study. Um, my 
my son is 16 years old, and he came to me last week and said that he had a dream of rapture and that he he was he stayed behind. So he was asking me if I would do Bible study with them. So I said, sure, you know. So we started doing Bible study, and my daughter and her friend were over. And her friend doesn't—she— doesn't believe in God. She did at one time, but she has reasons why she doesn't. And so we were having our Bible study, and they were there. And I guess, you know, the next day she told me that she wanted to have Bible study with us because she had reviewed the packet that we were studying and started reading some of the verses out of the Bibles that we had left on the table. So, I mean, right now we're studying from the disciple packet that you guys have online oh, good. at Cal- Calvary. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we started with that, but I don't know where to go, you know, once we're done. And also I want prayer because I see God moving and I just don't want to, because it's almost like they're looking to me to answer questions. Um, and I just don't want to say something that's not from the Lord. Sure. And I think that, you know, sometimes we, we take a, a tremendous amount of pressure on ourselves um, when, we know, when, when we know that it is a great responsibility, but um, it's not really our responsibility. You know, God is using you in their lives to lead, to lead them and to minister to them, and it's not, on, on, it's not on your shoulders. And as long as you're loving them, reading the Bible with them, you're using a really good tool— um, even if you said something incorrectly or you made a little mistake here or there, God is going to cover that. It's okay. We all make mistakes, and it, and it's okay. So how far are you in that discipleship packet? So we're on um, day four. Okay. And, and so, so are you talking about the real thick one that, that takes three months to finish? No, I don't think it's a—it's not a real thick one. It, okay. I, I don't. It might be like a month. I haven't okay. looked through yep. the whole packet, but it's, it's not very thick. So it's like ten. It's probably the ten week one, and so, um, and you can use that in any time frame. You know, basically, it's um, it's not designed to be heavy. Um, it's designed to to introduce someone to major topics and concepts in the Bible. And so, mm-hmm. one of the things I'm going to do with you is, as soon as we hang up, I'm going to put you on hold, or you can just email me uh, at Pastor okay. Ed. At okay. calvaryaurora.org. Okay. And remind me of remind me of the conversation. Just say, Ed, can you send me that larger discipleship packet? And I'll respond to that email and I'll send you a link where you can download one that that is much more in depth and okay. and it takes it in shorter chunks so it doesn't overwhelm someone. Okay. And that'll be a tool. Uh, but uh, what I have to input, and I'm going to throw it over to Pastor Cody, I just want you not to feel overburdened about the discipleship process, that, that you're a tool and God is using you, and that even if you do make a mistake here or there, you're going to be just fine, because look at how far you've come so far. Look at how much God has already used you, and, and we all make mistakes. And so the, the key element in this relationship is mm-hmm. that she that that these it's a did you say a mom and her son or no uh, it's my son your he's son. 16 and then my daughter's daughter. friend she's okay. 18 so the the key and your son already knows this but your daughter's friend is that you know that you love them that there's true oh, yes. care and concern so with that 
that's the perfect thing. And then this other packet's going to take you for a while, but I wonder, Pastor Cody, what do you have to add? Yeah, uh, one of the things I was just thinking about as you were talking is I just wanted to ask you about uh, just your relationship with the church and have you brought them to church and are they sitting under uh, weekly Bible teaching as well? No, they're not. And um, I I have actually haven't been attending church for about six months um, just because of where I'm at in my walk, I guess. Um, so this has like really opened up a lot of things in my life. And so um, they haven't, they're not in any type of individual Bible study. My son, I was asking him before, like, hey, let's study, let's study. And he never wanted to, but um, yesterday when my daughter's friend was talking to me about what she had read, she told me that she really wanted to go to the church where we were attending before because she had gone once. That's awesome. So that basically is telling me that I probably should go back, you know, and take her because she really wants to go. Absolutely. I think that's going to be one of the big things that will support your uh, endeavor to pursue the Lord and honor the Lord, and it's also going to support the things that you're trying to infuse into these relationships, which is the the Scriptures and the Holy Spirit, that your church uh, participation is going to be uh, a big part of that as well. Okay. And, you know, I don't know what church you guys are going to, but, it, you know, Pastor Jeff's up there at Calvary Chapel in Greeley. Okay. And I've and, never gone to a Calvary Chapel, but... Um, um, the one that we attend is, um, oh, I'm so embarrassed. No, I don't okay. even know the name anymore. It's okay. You know, try to go to both. I think that the solid, because I know Jeff and Jeff hosts Tuesdays on Calvary Live and, you know, Jeff and I go back to when I first moved here. Um, he, you, you know what exactly what you're going to get there. There's a lively youth group there. There's a, a lively young adult group there for, for your friend, you know, your daughter, 18, and getting into that, that transitional stage and, um, I mean, he's just, it's just a solid church. And so, um, I know okay. that they would be blessed and you're going to get the same kind of teaching and the same kind of pastoring, um, in person there that you hear on Grace FM. Okay. That sounds good. Okay. Sounds exciting. Email me and I'll, uh, I'll definitely shoot you that information and that'll get you going for a little bit longer. And then when you're done with that, um, it's, I, I think that, just like Pastor Cody shared, being plugged into a local church, the direction God will begin to lead you, what's next even after that. Okay. Um, do you mind um, just praying, you know, for uh, for us in this, you know, uh, Bible study? Absolutely. Pastor Cody, you want to you pray for him? Yeah, absolutely. Father, we just want to come before you uh, with uh, this family and pray that you would watch over them and that you would continue to lead and direct them. God, we want to thank you for the miracle that you're performing even now in drawing them to yourself and the fact that you are at work. We pray that you would lead them every step of the way, and this is this next step to continue in pursuing you. So Lord, let the, let your spirit watch over them and rule over them and lead them. Mm-hmm. I just pray that you would speak uh, mightily and give them the courage to follow you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thanks for calling. Bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Have some open lines if you want to join us on the air, or you can text us. I, don't, I haven't received one text yet, 720-336-0897. You can always use that as an, um, an option to communicate directly into the show as well. If you're in a safe place, 
So let's do that and then move right to the phone lines. Pick up with Clayton in Colorado Springs. Clayton, welcome to the program. Yeah, hi, Pastor Ed. Uh, it's a pleasure to talk to you, and thank you for your service to the Lord. Yeah, praise the Lord um, for that. I attend, yeah, I attend Rocky Mountain Calvary in Colorado Springs, Pastor yes. Eric Cartier. Uh-huh. Um, I had a couple questions. One's on a wider grace um, philosophy, I guess. Okay. It's about my fiance. She has a couple of understandings about the Bible and God that are different than mine. Okay. The other that, in case you can't answer both, is in Proverbs 5 and 6, where it refers to wisdom as a she. Yes. And so, can you explain why that is? She thinks it has to do with God having, you know, feminine attributes, too, if you will. Sure. And um, that that's why... It refers to wisdom as a she. Yeah, there, that's, so, that's definitely not the reason. The reason is that the author, Solomon, inspired by the Holy Spirit, decided to use a female metaphorically to describe wisdom. That's really the, the only reason. Okay, well, I mean, that's what, I mean, I knew, I thought that it was a metaphor, too. It, I mean, it is, is it like calling a ship a she or a car? Yes, and and you know it's very it's very significant as you go through to see some of the attributes that are very important. Um, you know, in chapter eight, um, does wisdom cry out? Does understanding lift up her voice? She takes her stand. She cries at the gates. Uh, she cries to the simple ones. Um, it's just simply um, metaphorical. I mean, if there was any significance of the attributes of God, you would have to, you know, you would have to um, lay it out. For example, in uh, verse 11, it says, wisdom is better than rubies. Well, is, is that, what's he trying to say there? Is he, what's he comparing it with, rubies, or is he comparing it with a woman named Ruby? Um, You've got to take the literal understanding uh, in order to understand the metaphor. Um, same okay. with verse 12, I dwell with, I wisdom dwell with prudence. I mean, is he using it metaphorically? Is he using it literally? Is it a woman named prudence, or is it the um, equality, the quality of prudence? Um, and so it's simply a, a beautiful metaphor of the respect and honor that we give to women, that wisdom is very similar. Okay, so could it have anything to do with that, um, that like men are extremely attracted to women and that we should, and desire women that we should desire wisdom that yep. way. Not, not really. It's just a simple comparison. Um, it's. I don't think that we can read too much into it. Um, the Bible doesn't explain. Like we can't turn to Proverbs nine, where he explains to us why he compares it to a woman. Um, I mean, it, it, the Spirit could have instructed. Doesn't wisdom cry out and understanding lift up his voice? Um, but he's personifying it. So whenever we personify something. We're trying to make a deeper point. Okay. You know, whenever we're using metaphorical language, we're trying to make it, we're trying to, uh, you know, just in our normal human language, we're trying to make a point that won't be forgettable. And that's all that's happening here. He's personifying an attribute of God. Okay. It's. I mean, it does say she a lot. So, it does because he he personifies uh, this attribute, not God. This wisdom is an attribute. Um, it's something that God possesses. Um, it's not God. God is not yeah, wisdom. It does say that wisdom was with God in the beginning. Oh 
no. Did we drop you? Are you back? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, you, you cut there? out. Yeah, you cut out. Yeah, so Hang so basically on. it's not... You there? I am here. Yeah. It, it basically... Doesn't it say wisdom was with God in the beginning, holding the, the plumb line when he was laying the foundations of the earth? And I am. Almost speaking of God as wisdom as a... As a individual. Yeah, in verse 22 it says, the Lord, and this is Jehovah, possessed me at the beginning of his way before his works of old. I've been established from everlasting from the beginning before there was ever an earth. Right. So it's just one of his attributes. Yeah, it's an attribute of God. Right, it's something that we have too, that he's given us. Yeah, when we experience, when we exhibit true wisdom, it's wisdom from God. Not our okay. own. Okay. So in essence, it's a metaphor. It's simply a metaphor. Right, okay. Could you answer one more on wider grace? Sure. We'll see what Pastor Cody has to say. So my wonderful Christian friend believes that, uh, that a person who doesn't know Christ, because the Bible does say that, that all of us have God inside of us, the knowledge of God. So, and that if you seek after God, you'll find him. So, if a person is in some obscure place on earth or wherever it may be, and they've never heard the gospel, can or would God impute Christ's righteousness to them and allow them to be saved? Cody? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. It's something to really consider and to think through. Whenever I think of this question or I get this question, I always go to Romans chapter 1. I'm going to turn there in my Bible real quick. Um, One of the things that it says there in Romans 1 is is dealing with this exact thought that you've brought up, which is, what about people who don't want anything to do with God or don't even recognize their need for God, and what does God do for them in terms of graciously reaching out toward them? It says in verse, uh, I'll start in verse 18, really what the, the focus is verse 20, but it says, Romans 1 18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness because what may be known of God is manifest in them for God has shown it to them. Now listen to verse 20. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. So what I would say is that when you, kind of, when you come at it from the perspective of saying that uh, there are these people who've never heard of God or don't even know about God, that's an assumption that's being made that is outside of what the Bible actually teaches. The Bible teaches that creation itself literally reveals who God is and is enough for them to cry out to him and to seek him for salvation. Okay, so if that be the case, is he going to get somebody to them to give them the gospel? So, so let me expand just a little bit, because I think that there's three steps that, that Romans actually develops. So you have, you have, and you can think of them in three C's. Uh, you have creation. How a person responds to the general revelation of creation will either take them forward toward God or away from God. So if they respond um, to creation, then God will also reveal to them, and it, it doesn't have to be in any in these either one of these two doesn't have to be in order. But not only has God given a general revelation of Himself to all humankind uh, through creation, but He's also given a specific revelation of Himself through an own, their own a person's conscience. Mm-hmm. Everyone has ability to tell the difference between right and wrong, 
and a person's response to their, like for example, if you and I were doing a survey in a drone of a, and they just, I just saw an article, they just found another people group that they'd never known about before. So I forget the name of that group, uh, but somewhere in South America, they find another people group that no one's ever talked to them, didn't know they were there. And, and let's say there were two people groups, people group A and people group B in the middle of South America. And one night, group A says, I think we want to, st- we hate those people. We don't like those people on the, on the other side of the island. We're going to go over, we're going to rape all the women, uh, we're going to steal their kids and all their food, and we're going to beat, be, beat those men up to, in, to a bloody pulp, and we're going to leave them there and come back to our camp. So they do that. Uh, they, they do devastation to the group and in, in, uh, to the people in group B. They come back to group A. After the guys in group B figure out what happened and they start coming to their senses, what are they going to do? Retaliate. Why? Why? Yeah, why would they retaliate? For vengeance, to, to get vengeance. And, and what would they, would, would you think that the vengeance is their declaration that what happened to them was wrong? Yes. Are they declaring it? This is wrong, and we want to make yes. it right. Right. Yes. And so, because no one's ever talked to them, they've been alone in the middle of the de- in the middle of the jungle. The whole the, every generation who taught them right and wrong. It was innate. That's innate. right. Same with creation. When they look at a tree, they look at a rock. Like Cody was saying, they know that they didn't create that rock. They know intrinsically they did not create the rock or the tree or the mountain. And, and of course, they have a choice in Romans. Um, and the choice that Paul brings out is they suppress the truth and unrighteousness. Like they know the truth and they suppress it. However, if they choose to respond to the innate sense of right and wrong, and they choose to respond to their conclusion with creation, then God will give them the light of Christ. Uh, Whether it is a supernatural dream like is happening among the Muslim world right now, whether it's a missionary sent, whether it's a Bible uh, page that shows up in their language. There's a you know God has innumerable ways to reach a person. Okay, so you're saying yes, then, then, then that God would or could impute His righteousness to them, and they'd be nothing like we are as Christians, for example, in America, who hear the Bible all the time and study it and have a prayer life and a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus. Well, I don't know that I can come to... elementary understanding of God. I know. No, they wouldn't have a... They're not being saved at a different level of knowledge. Um, They would certainly be different. Like, so you have to, you have to separate your questions for a second. First of all, yes, whatever response they have in the middle of the jungle that nobody's ever met them is going to be very different than what you and I have. Uh, and where how we've been raised, the language that we have, the resources that we have, our culture that we've been raised in. So in that case, there's going to be a significant distinction between a person that's in the middle of the jungle uh, and depending depending on how they're reached. Uh, because now, with this understanding of God, they're going to have a broader understanding of the world um, because they're going to be born again. So be care- I want to be careful. And we're coming up on the end of the first half, so I want to bring this back. Yeah. Because I want to, I, I want to make sure that we have a distinction here that no one gets saved any other way. There's only one way to be saved and have grace imputed to them. There's not two well, or ten. If you confess ten. that the Lord Jesus Christ, right, is who He is, God, to, and that He was raised from the dead. Correct. 
And so what the result of their salvation will be, I think, I think it's safe to say that they'll be different than a Western Christian. But if a Western Christian missionary was used to reach them, there will be a lot of Western thought in their minds. Right. I'm just saying if there is no missionary, if there is no Bible, um, none of that. But yet, like you just said, they have this innate understanding of God, that he exists, and, and yeah, then can, they die. Yeah, can God save someone apart from man? That's Well, I mean, we've got the Old Testament saints, but we don't know how many people were saved in the Old Testament. It could have just been a few. We know all the, yeah, It was quite a few uh, under uh, the Old Covenant. I mean, there's a quiet, there's, there's millions of people mentioned in the, old, in the Old Testament that were saved. Where? The whole group of coming out of the children of Israel coming out of Egypt to start with. Okay. All right, we'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to Calvary Live. We're glad that you have joined us this afternoon. My name is Ed Taylor. I pastor here at Calvary in Aurora. I'm in studio with Pastor Cody King of Redemption Calvary. Welcome back, Cody. Hey, it's great to be here. Cody's been up in the Commerce City area pastoring since 2014, and you guys that are familiar with Grace FM on our lineup, he's on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday uh, at 8 p.m. in a teaching spot. What's the name of your program? Redemption Radio. Redemption Radio, and so he's on um, four times a week, 8 p.m., and teaching, What is is what's on the radio, uh, Daniel? No, we're actually going through the Gospel of John. All right, so John's on the radio, which is typical. Which is typical. What we're teaching in our churches is not what's on the radio, um, because it would quickly catch up with us. Uh, we wouldn't be able to teach fast enough to keep fresh material. So what you hear on the radio is usually uh, time uh, prior, and so uh, eight p.m. Uh, he's got two services on Sunday, nine and eleven, and you can go to redemptioncalvary.org for more information. And uh, he's sitting in, helping answer questions. So you get two pastors, not just one. Of course, you guys on Hope FM and Truth FM, welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, Grace FM originates from Aurora, Colorado at the Calvary here. And so, you know, the pastors that you hear are ministering the gospel throughout Colorado. Commerce City is a suburb of Denver. And uh, we're just grateful to have Cody sit in. Uh, we're, we were talking with Clayton right before the break, and we want to get back to Clayton so Clayton, you left off with this thought that that you don't really believe many people were saved in the Old Covenant? Well, yeah, I mean, you said the millions of Jews were saved that went into the Promised Land that crossed the Jordan with Joshua. Yes. So that would mean they were saved by heritage. No, so, that would mean they were saved by the Old Covenant and the by faith in God that he saves by the mechanism of salvation that he provides. I mean, let, let's so, think about your thinking for a second. You, How was Adam and Eve saved? saved? up to Jesus then? Well, let's come back, let's go backwards first on your thinking for a second. Let's ask this question. Would you consider in, the, in your concept of salvation, was Adam and Eve saved? Yes. How? God saved them. He, he imputed righteousness to them. And how like did they did, access that? With, uh, Isaiah. How did they access that? He cleansed them. I believe they accessed it by believing God at his word. 
So then the Jews were saved up to the time of Jesus, then, all those who followed the Old Covenant. Now, we definitely see some difficulties with that, with the Pharisees, because of Jesus' response to that. And, and so I want to be clear that I do agree with your statement that we don't know how many people were saved. I do agree with that. But I also believe that the Old Covenant was the mechanism by which God brought out a people that even through their imperfections and their lack of perfection, that once a year through the high priest and his sacrifice, that the blood of Jesus Christ, uh, or the blood that was sacrificed uh, in the temple uh, given by the high priest was the mechanism by which a man was saved. And even when that was taken away, even when there is judgment, the mechanism of coming to God by faith and trusting in his sufficiency um, was was the way that God developed his relationship in the Old Covenant. Now, are we by the time Jesus comes and when he's there in, in presence, their rejection of Jesus um, as the Messiah, because their faith was in what? That God would keep his word, that he, God would bring Messiah, that the blood being sprinkled was only a type of Messiah to come, and they were waiting eagerly for him to come. But by their rejection of Jesus Christ, they, they were brought the new covenant in person, and they rejected it, and therefore they have to pay the price of their rejection of Jesus to his face. So, but you're, in essence, you're saying heritage is what saved you, because a person individually would have to, to know God and have a relationship by the, in, as far as like the specific characters that are spoken of in the Old Testament. No, I'm not saying by heritage at all. Um, I don't know. I, I think that the being a Jew put you at a greater advantage uh, because you were born with the knowledge of God, um, but I don't believe you were automatically saved um, because you, if, a, if a person did not ex- exercise faith in the Old Covenant, then God would deal with them as such, right? Because the Bible says multiple occasions, and Paul brings this out in the New Covenant, that the just shall live by faith. And right. so the I key. mean, we know none of them could follow the law. I mean, that's what all the prophets were about, calling for repentance. Right, and the right? law wasn't meant to be followed. It was meant to show, it was a schoolmaster, the Bible says. It wasn't, it can't, right. be, it can't be kept, so nobody was saved by the law. Right, but I mean, it helped you to develop a relationship with God and to understand Him and to know Him and be able to follow along a certain path. Yeah, to show your imperfection and your need it's for God. It's a difficult question. That's a great. It's a great question. Is this where? Is this the? And is and you know, radio doesn't really provide an atmosphere to really wrestle with the complexities of this question and the nuances of this question. So we're trying to give you a big. I'm trying to give sure, you a big sure. blip, um, blimp uh, view of this. Cody, do you have any other thoughts? No, I just I would just reiterate kind of what you're saying. Just that uh, going back to Romans again, Romans chapter four and verse three, it says. What does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him mm-hmm. for righteousness. Yeah. So it's just the whole concept of faith. And then just to throw somebody else in there, uh, we're at Redemption uh, Calvary. We're going through the book of Daniel. And I would submit to you that Daniel was saved, but he didn't even live in Jerusalem and had no temple yeah. and had no way of making sacrifices and yet was right, able to exercise faith in God. God. So he was a special, specific individual. Um, and that's what I'm, I mean, part of me thinks that there were only maybe some people saved in the Old Testament. Well, I mean, I think that it, I think that if you mean, if you mean that not everyone that, not every, if you mean that 
those that did not believe God and rebelled against the knowledge of God given to them, I would say they weren't saved. The Gentile nations we know probably weren't. Correct, because they rejected the, any about knowledge Israel of God. Israel specifically, but how many people, how many Jews were saved? And I think the best answer to that is the Bible doesn't say. Right, right. And so it could be only a small amount of people. I don't think it's Jesus. as small as you're in, as the implication is. I think that there are quite a few people. But but again, I wouldn't say that just kind of like today, not everybody that sits in a church is saved. Right, and Jesus says the road to heaven is very narrow and few yeah. people find it. Yes. And so, so this is one of the things as I'm, as I'm listening to you, one of the things that, that is help that, that I'm grateful for is that I'm not God to have to sort it out. Yeah, absolutely. So we can share the love of Christ with others. That's right. It's much easier under the new covenant, quite frankly. You know, we, it's much easier with all the tool. I I like how you drew out the Western part of, 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 of our culture, because it's not all bad. Um, God has entrusted much to us. And so to whom much is given, much is required. Yes, yes. No, that's good. We have great knowledge of God and Scripture in America. We do. Yes, and the Bible says knowledge, you know, as as Cody's uh, teaching in Daniel, the Bible says in the last days knowledge is going to increase. And uh, I don't think it's just uh, knowledge of of prophecy, although it is, and I don't think it's just knowledge of God, although it is. You know, I think it's also the rapidity of knowledge of how fast it's multiplying and um, all of that conclude, and we're living in those days, man. We are. That's yeah, amazing. Absolutely, absolutely. Yes. In the end days, people will run to and fro, and knowledge will abound. Yes. Well, thanks for so, calling. Yeah. yeah, Pastor Ed and, and the other pastor, thank you so much. Thank you, my brother. Bye bye. Guys, take care now. Bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number. We're going to go back to the phone lines. Debbie's calling from Cheyenne, Wyoming. Hey, Debbie, welcome to the program. Thank you. Um, I have a prayer request. Actually, it's kind of a couple prayer requests, I guess. But there is a movie coming out this Friday. Um, it's called Gosnell. It's about Kermit Gosnell. I don't know if you have heard of him. I have not. Not at least not so far. If maybe as you describe it, I might. Okay. Well, a lot of people haven't because the media never covered this. Um. He was an abortion doctor in Philadelphia, and um, anyway, he is in prison now. Okay, I do remember that name, actually. That name now, putting it in that context, I do remember that name. I don't remember the story, but tell us about the movie. Okay, well, it's about his trial, and um, because uh, they went in for drug, you know, they thought he was dealing with drugs, which he was, but they found out... I mean, there were mothers that went in there mm. and died, and then the babies that were born alive that they murdered. Mm. And anyway, the I you can look at the um, little trailer on the, online, but it is not gory. It is not depressing. The producer says, but anyway, and she is one of the producers is from Ireland, and she also wrote the book. Um, which came out in 2017, and it sold out in three days. But anyway, um, she was not a pro-life person to begin with, but by the time, and her husband was, um, and I think they're both journalists, actually, but um, anyway, it was a case that 
nobody wanted to touch. But anyhow, the movie is coming out this Friday, and you can go online to Gosnell Movie. But I would like to pray that um, the film would have a heart-changing effect on uh, people's attitude toward life, whether you're, you know, because I have heard of, um, well, that changed the producers, one of the producers' um, attitude toward abortion. But anyway, um, that it would have a heart-changing impact uh, for life on the people of this country. And then also kind of in connection with that is, um, I don't know if you've heard of 40 Days for Life. I have. Okay. They are on one of their, um, it's their spring, I guess they call it campaign, that's going on right now. But you can go on to 40 Days for Life and um, find out where there's, those are being held right now. And there's a, they are in Colorado. They're in um Fort Collins, and there's some in Denver and Colorado Springs, but um, it's prayer, fasting, and a peaceful vigil, and um, I just pray that, uh, would ask you to pray that the the church um, would repent of their indifference toward the uh, unborn that are murdered in these abortion clinics, but anyway, we... I believe um, the innocent blood cries up from the ground in this country, and we need to repent. Let's pray. Thank you. Father, I thank you for my sister calling in to remind us of a, 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 a atrocity, and uh, the atrocity where, um, you know, God, you know it even better than we do. You know, we, we cry out uh, in our hearts to the indifference and the difficulty and the 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 you know everybody eating drinking and and living life lord and not standing in the gap for the unborn but you see even more you know we cry out for justice and and you you see even more and i i want to thank you for the, your merciful heart toward us giving time to repent um, and with these movies coming out i thank you for those that stand in the gap god and stand strong i i pray god that that you would uh bring about the decisions that need to be made, the lawsuits that need to be filed, uh, the changes that need to be made to stop um, the legalizing, the legal killing of babies in the womb. And, and we, we, we know that um, it's a hotbed in our culture, um, but it's also an issue around the world. And some of the nations, um, there are nations that have more per capita abortions than even we do. And so we pray, not, Lord, not only in our country, but around the world, and even in these movies, and uh, this movie in particular that comes out this Friday, that's informative and challenging uh, and riveting, Lord, uh, or the 40 days uh, of time of connected, of a, a, peace, a peaceful commitment to fast and pray for the unborn. And I pray, God, that you would bless them. And I also ask, God, that you would be with many men and women listening right now who have had an abortion in their past, especially as believers, God. Uh, or, I mean, as they're believers now, but they were unbelievers when they were making these decisions, that there would not be heaps of condemnation upon them, but that, Lord, you would also minister your comfort and encouragement to those that are repentant, uh, to those that are remorseful and regretful of the decisions they made, 
earlier. And so there's so much on this topic, and I'm thankful that you would minister to our sister Debbie, who would call with this information and, and give a very kind but a very strong word to the church, especially to those that are listening in. And Lord, speak to us on our role on how to impact this world with the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Thank you, Debbie. God bless. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Bianca, welcome to the program. How are you doing? I'm okay, Bianca. How are you? I'm good. I just have a prayer request. Um, I have been really facing a lot of spiritual warfare with the ministry of the church has trusted me for some reason, Bianca, we can't understand you today. Did you get a new phone? No. Yeah, you were breaking up really bad. Let's try one more time. I have a prayer request. I have been um, facing spiritual warfare with the ministry the Lord has trusted me with, and sometimes discouraging, I know, just like everyone, a lot of times I can, I don't know exactly how I'm doing this, but I know that Okay, I'll tell you what, Bianca, you're breaking up really bad, so I'm just going to have Pastor Cody pray with you, pray for you on... Um, just the issues that are going on in your heart. Cody? Father, we want to lift up Bianca to you now and ask that you would bring courage to her heart mm. and uh, peace to her mind as she tries to forge forward in the ways that you have uh, equipped her and the tasks that you have given to her. As she's expressed the desire for faithfulness, we pray that you would help her to remain faithful to those things that you've put in front of her for today. And, and as the enemy tries to sow uh, seeds of doubt and discouragement into her, I, I pray that you protect her and that she would take up the shield of faith, remembering that you are good, that you are God, uh, that you have a mission and specific thing for her to accomplish with her life. Yes. You've prepared things for us to do beforehand uh, <laughs> that we would walk, walk in, in them, Lord. And so I just pray that you would help her to see those things and that she wouldn't get distracted by what she uh, thinks she should be doing or what other things are happening with other people, but that she would just keep her eyes fixed on you, Jesus, and you would lead and direct her path mm. and help her to follow you. We pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Sorry, Bianca, to, for some reason today your phone was not working very well. Uh, and so I got a text here uh, from uh, Mike. You said, how can I obtain the discipleship packet? Please email me. If you want to receive the discipleship packet that I mentioned today, the one that we used here at Calvary, uh, it's probably a three-month uh, discipleship tool that you can use uh, in your marriage, you can use with your kids, you can use in your church. Um, it, you email me, pastored at calvaryaurora.org. pastored at calvaryaurora.org. And I'll s turn around and respond to that with a link where you can download it. All right, It's somewhere on our website, but I can't just... Um, our website needs to be updated, so I can't just say look for it on our website because it's easier for me to send you the link. 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, let's see. I'm going to go through 
some of some of our text questions. Um, I have a question about Exodus 34. Um, Exodus 34 verses 5 and 6 are proclaiming how wonderful God is. My question is at the end of 7. I don't believe in the curse of generations, so could you explain the end of verse 7? Thank you, and thank you for being diligent in serving God's people. And so you probably have that open, uh, Cody, while I was reading that. So Exodus 34, 5, 6, and 7. All right, it says this, Now the Lord descended uh, in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord, and the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and in truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression of sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. And so tell us, why does five and six sound one way and seven sound different? Yeah, I think that uh, as we're, we're thinking through this, it's, uh, it's not necessarily talking about the idea of like generational curses and that if you do something, it's somehow going to uh, be this thing that sticks to your children and children's children. But much more speaking in terms of the way that when you choose as uh, a parent or, uh, you know, uh, me as a man and leading my family, when I decide to not follow the Lord, that I'm going to set a precedence in my family and there are going to be certain kinds of things that are more accessible to my kids or a certain standard of life that is easier for them to see and understand. And so if I live in sin, then those sins are going to be uh, more applicable and accessible to my children Whereas if I abandon those things and pursue the Lord, uh, then he is, then it sets them up for success. And I think that you know the the reality of putting the end of verse seven in context. Number one, it's unfortunate uh, that some teachers have taken this and created a false doctrine of generational curses, uh, and now everything is related to the generational dysfunction of your family, rather than simply your refusal to repent of sin and the delivery and sufficiency of the grace of God and the blood of Jesus Christ to make you a new creation the instant you're born again. So that's the backdrop we have to answer this. But if we were just reading this, you can see he keeps mercy for thousands. He forgives iniquity and transgression and sin. By no means does he clear the guilty. So there's not, no, the guilty doesn't get a pass. And, and he visits the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. And I believe that the implication is not only the precedent set by the fathers, but the engagement of sin by the children. So those that, if they're guilty, he's no mind, he, no, he, is, no, no, he is in no way going to clear the guilty. And for those that are guilty, the iniquity of the fathers is going to pass on to the children and to the children's children. Uh, to the fourth, third and fourth generation. And I do believe this is a little prophetic uh, in God knowing in advance the generations that would rebel against him uh, in following their father's footsteps uh, in sin. So again, the, the, the reality, I agree with, uh, we both agree with you, Pastor Cody and I agree that the Bible does not teach the false doctrine of generational curses. But every generation that lives in resistance and rebellion to God is going to be visited by God. The iniqu- he's going to visit that iniquity. Uh, he's going to forgive iniquity to, the, to those that turn to him, as it says in verse 7, the beginning of verse 7, but he also visits the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and children's children to those that are continuing to live disobediently. Thanks, Cody. 303-690-3000, 303 303- 
6903000 is the number. Let's see what we got here. Ricky from Aurora, a prayer request. Bless my father Robert and give him strength. Uh, the Lord has asked so much of him to endure the hardships we have faced so far. I also pray that the Lord answer his questions um, if there's another companion in his future. So God, we do pray for Robert, and we lift him up to you with the difficulties that he's faced with his family, uh, that God, in his singleness right now, um, that you would give uh, an answer to the prayer and to the thought that he has of whether he's going to have a companion in the future. And so we just pray for that, God. We pray that, that you would be with Robert, give him the strength and the stamina to, with, uh, to persevere through the trials and the difficulties and to stand strong for the things that you have in store, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Here's a question, Cody. What do you think? Well, wait a minute. Let's go to this text question. I'm a regular attendee of Pastor Cody's church. It's the worst that I've ever... No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) It's exciting to hear him on on my favorite radio station. So God bless you, Cody. Right on. Hey, that's awesome. No name. Somebody somebody does come to the church. They're anonymous. That one person that comes. There's somebody that comes. Uh, It must be Micah. It's probably my wife. (laughs) (laughs) So great encouragement to Pastor Cody, and, and you are blessed in Commerce City with a pastor that loves the city, is committed. In just the few short years that he's been in Colorado, has endured much and has had need of great perseverance, uh, and, and so you're in good hands. So whoever you might be, Cody says thanks. 303-690-3000. Uh, here's an interesting question, uh, Cody. I had a quick question. I work in retail, specifically selling shoes. Recently, it hasn't been a problem, but now I've been noticing a lot of of people identifying as queer, and I've been asked to help men find high heels and various things. I can't just not help them because that's my job. But being a Christian, I don't want to help someone in someone else's sin. How do you think I go about that? Man, that's a great question. That's, I think, one that we're all kind of dealing with in various ways in our culture right now because this is one of those things that's sort of pervasive throughout uh, our culture and is, is has no signs of slowing down. This is continuing to pick up some speed one of the things that I do in terms of uh, thinking through engaging culture is I ask myself three questions. Uh, can I fully receive this? Do I need to wholly reject this? Or is there a way that I can redeem this? Uh, and so, you know, in some things in culture, you've got to completely reject it. There's no way that I can be a part of this. There's no way that I can participate in it. Uh, it's just completely sinful. Uh, other things I can completely receive. You know, I can just take this in and I can, you know, I don't need to reject my iPhone because it's not made by a Christian company. I can take it, I can use it, uh, and, and it's something that I can receive. And then there's other things that are redeemable. And that's where I think that we, we put a lot of the world in terms of our cat, uh, that category in our relationship with dealing with certain things. And like what you're describing, being caught in this very difficult situation of trying to figure out how do I uphold my Christian values and yet still remain faithful to my job? Um, and that's one where I think that for you, it's not something where you are um, required to instill a certain level of morality within other people. You're just selling shoes. What they do with the shoes is up to them. Uh, you, there's nothing intrinsically evil about the shoes. There's nothing that is going to cause you to somehow sin by selling shoes. Uh, and so for, for those people, they can buy them and purchase them them for whatever reason they would like to, and that doesn't necessarily mean that you are supporting them in a sinful lifestyle. 
And I think that uh, in addition to that, you are probably selling shoes to a lot of unrighteous people that are using their shoes for very, very unrighteous ways. The issue with this is that it's, it's, it, there's an obviousness to the choice of their life but even that that's not necessarily as bad as you might think it is, even though it might be personally offensive, um, but it may not be as bad as you think it is because they have telegraphed to you where they are in life, and it may actually be easier for you to minister to them, to speak to them, to engage with them uh, within the context of your job, within the context of, hey, I'm a believer, how can I pray for you? You can treat them like anyone else you would, uh, within the context, and and of course, there is there that we all even in asking these questions, and they're good questions to ask. We all draw the line of our biblical convention, convictions a little differently. And if this is something that's against your conscience, then you'll probably need to find another job where you won't be put into this blatant situation. But there's nothing sinful about selling shoes to someone who's wrestling with their identity. Um, you know, think of us when we were. Um, although that wasn't part of my life. Um, in terms of my identity as a man or a woman or anything that when I was when I wasn't saved I identified as a raging drunk and so it, and there were times when it was pretty obvious that I was a raging angry uh, sinful drunk and and I needed someone to reach out to me in the midst of my sinful behavior without dismissing me because of my sinful behavior which is a challenge we need to practice this in love Cody thanks for being here real quick where's your church somebody's asking Commerce City uh, where in Commerce City oh, sorry, uh, <laughs> off of 104th and Highway 2 go to redemptioncalvary.org calvaryaurora.org God bless you guys thanks for being here yep great you've been listening to Calvary Live Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.